Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we're talking hot seat. We're talking contract business, and we're talking a pair of QBs and a new OLB for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. Coming up on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be back with you once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Always great to be your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. And kicking off the show today, Chris, while we'll run the gamut between the hardwood and the gridiron, we'll start with Texas Tech basketball because You and I have spent some time having conversations as the Red Raiders are still in search of a conference win, you know, talking about what the team can do as far as where you start on the floor, Uh, player personnel, all points in between there. But I know that there are plenty of Texas Tech fans out there because they're asking us not only in the YouTube comments, but also in person on the concourse at United Supermarkets Arena. Great to meet (laughs) Locked On Texas Tech listeners at the ball game the other night who are asking about, I guess, kind of a, a hot seat or heat factor for Mark Adams. I can't even believe that I'm asking this question as we sit here in only year number two after a sweet 16 run. But as you're sitting here really searching for answers and trying to get a win, uh, I'm wondering from your perspective, <clears throat> is it a legitimate conversation yet? Where does it have to be to become a legitimate conversation? How do you gauge right now kind of the heat and the pressure that is on Mark Adams himself. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously this this comes with the territory when you when you when you lose games, people you know say different things. They get frustrated. They're they're uh, you know they're louder. That's part of being a fan. I mean, and and and, and I think too, there's the expectations with this program. Um, this program's in a different place, Casey, than it than it, it's been. And true, you know, I mean, it, it you know things change, you know, because I think there was a time when either you you were 0 and 6 in the league and nobody would have either cared or even noticed <laughs> now now i mean this team was ranked in the top 25 before the season started and and kind of hung in the rankings uh for the better part of november i guess it was um until until maui i guess and you know so i i don't i don't I mean, do, do I think there's some sort of change going to be made regardless of how you finish out the season at this point right now on, you know, in, in mid to late January, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. No, I just don't. Um, now, you know, how, how do they finish though? You know, and what does that, what does that look like? I mean, it's a different climate uh, now. I mean, they, do they stay competitive? Do they, you know, did do, do they get it turned around? Uh, I mean, there, there's so many different ways this thing can go from 0-6 when you've got 12 conference games left. I mean, everything from I, – I, I don't know if it's more realistic to finish 12-6 and 6 and to win out or to lose out. I don't know, but it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. I think we would agree there. But, you know, again, there's a variety of ways that that can look and feel uh, and what your roster – prefers it's a player's situation now they kind of decide a lot of these things uh in some ways it's not the nba nobody can demand a trade or you know demand somebody be removed or whatever but they can decide whether they want to keep playing hard or listen to this particular coach whatever 
but you know, yeah, Coach Adams is in its it's in its infancy in his tenure here, and and he just signed a contract extension, I think, uh, after last season. And it's funny because at some level, it's like some people look at it now and they criticize that. But the other side is he was the lowest paid coach in the Big 12 last year, I think by quite a bit. And he took you to the Sweet 16. And I think Texas Tech, right or wrong, they've always tried to take care of their own, you know, like try to get out in front of these situations uh, beforehand. Because like right now, a contract extension for Joey McGuire looks pretty good. We would agree. If they start out 0-4 to start the season next year, I guess to somebody come and say, what were we doing? What were we thinking? But at the time, <laughs> pretty much universally praised. And I think at the time, that's kind of how it was with, with Coach Adams. So I, I would just say this, and I, and we can kind of go back and forth here, but I would say this. If, if it continues like it's going and you end up losing the majority of your remaining games, whatever that looks like, and it's just a really a, a, a below 500 season, Something has to change. I mean, you know, whether that is personnel, staff, something. I mean, I just don't know if this same group in its entirety next year is capable of getting it turned. Maybe it is. I don't know. But, I mean, something has to be tweaked or changed. And uh, and obviously, Kevin O'Banner wouldn't be on this team next year. Davion Harmon wouldn't be on this team next year. Uh, Kyron Lindsey would be on this team next year. Drew Steffi would be on this team next year. Um, you've got another signee out of Florida. Um, Jason Jackson would be on this team next year. Uh, but, you know, so I don't know if I've answered your question, but I, I'm kind of – I'm trying to just hit all the different well, possibilities and elements. But maybe, yeah. You I, I don't know that there really is an answer. Because I know, and there's not. Yeah, I'm just looking for your perspective on where you kind of feel like we are because I – as far as the the pressure is concerned, because there are so many different things that impact it now uh, yeah. that maybe didn't in a recent history or didn't as much in a recent history, whether that's the success of the program or now, you know, name, image, and likeness money invested or just what's always been there in general donor support and what's invested, you know, discontented boosters, discontented yeah. NIL people, or just flat out an AD that's saying, hey, you're not winning as much. And you touched on the roster as well. Guys saying, well, I, you know, do I want to be here? I mean, there's so many different things that could impact, I guess, the good standing or, or job security of a head coach. I, I would think as far as just what has happened on the floor, it's too early to have this kind of conversation. I but agree. for the reasons we've outlined, um, you understand why some of those questions are asked because you are a program that has, what, a, a $40 million building sitting across the street and has recent banner achievement, like yeah. ones you really want to hang up. I'm not talking about a credit card mascot competition. I'm talking <laughs> about honest-to-goodness competition, Chris. So <clears throat> it feels a little bit different now when you're kind of thinking about the timeliness of really needing to get this thing turned around and have success. It, it's all fair, and it, and it comes with the territory when expectations have changed, and there's a lot of facility slash, you know, resource uh, that that is being infused into that program. It has been, and it didn't just happen overnight. It was a gradual, you know, steady build. And I mean, played for the national championship, you know, four years ago, uh, and in 2019, and you've been to multiple Sweet 16s. You've been to an Elite Eight. I mean. 
And so, yeah, I, I think, and it's it's fair for people to want more and to not be okay with it. I mean, again, it would be a bigger problem if people were like, "Hey, it's fine, guys. Everything's okay. Right. I, lo- <laughs> losing losing's fine for me." But, um, but but it is uncomfortable when you start talking about people's job status and all those things. And, and it just goes back to, it just sucks that we're having these conversations, or it's yeah. even a being asked to you in the concourse or it's on, on Twitter or whatever the case may be, it it, it, it sucks because it was just, it, it was less than a year ago. And we're, we're, we're literally talking about, could this program, could they, could they get that one seed? What do they have to do to be a one seed in one of these regionals? Can they win the league? Um, do they have a, do they have a legit shot to cut down a net and win the conference championship? They actually played for the conference tournament championship i mean stuff like that and here we are you know not far removed but but this is this is society this is the instant gratification this is just kind of how it how it works and you and you add to the the gray area that is nil that is because and i'm mentioning to you like personnel and roster you know and i say you know sometimes players just say hey man this isn't working for us we're gonna shut down or whatever okay i've seen that across the country but it, but it's it works both ways too. There could be guys on this roster that the that the staff says, you know what, this is a bad fit. This doesn't work for us. We will try to help this individual, you know, play elsewhere. But it's just not it's not jiving with us here. I mean, for all different kinds of reasons, guys switch around basketball more than any other sport, and because the one guy can fix a lot of it. I mean, yeah. do, do you think that uh, Jerome Tang had any idea what Keontae George was going to – well, excuse me, um, I'm trying to the, – the Florida transfer, these guys, Keontae George is the, is the Baylor guy. I've got him on the brain. But he <laughs> took the transfer from, from Florida, and it's totally – they're 16-2. and two. They're ranked. They're top in the, in the – I mean, they, they had – but it's, it's just one special addition that can make – the, a huge difference and that's why in basketball nil is so much more of a factor and 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 having the right guy on your staff that because a good recruiter is such a factor because you get the right dude and it and it just changes everything so uh i don't know if i mean like if, when beard got Jarrett culver Okay. I mean, I don't know if he was going to always come to tech. I mean, it was a tough recruiting deal, but it kind of changed the dynamic of the program. Um, now, he was a, in, in your own backyard, and I don't know if that's the best example, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, it's just like the one guy can just like sort through it and, and, and fix so much of what ails you. That's why it's such a big deal. So that's why I say it's not that just because they're on the team this year, they're guaranteed to be on the team next year. And if you go find the right fit out there, you know, I mean, who's to say if you don't take just one player different that's on your team now and and and, and trade him for maybe somebody that you, you you thought wouldn't be a good fit last summer and and, and, and you know, like there there was a, a different decision made. In other words, whoever it is, if whether it's Kerwin Walton, Demorian Williams, whether it's Elijah Fisher, whether it's wh- whoever. It, it, guys that aren't playing a ton, if you'd have had one of those guys that came to visit or that you thought was interested, I mean, Jalen Bridges, I think, was a, a possibility. He played for, for Baylor a couple nights ago and obviously had four, 12 or 14 first-half points. I think there was some interest in him maybe coming to Texas Tech, but I don't know if they knew at the time if that's what they wanted. But 
what if he's here instead of you know and 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 then and then how much different is your team you know do you win some of these close games i mean that's just you know that's the margin for error we're talking about so that i, I just say all that to say I bet the roster looks somewhat different. I bet there's some guys that aren't necessarily back, but you just don't know. I have no way of knowing uh, what Mark will decide, what Kirby decides, what how they finish. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, but I just hope they keep fighting like crazy, and, and hopefully there's some, some results there. Yeah, and feel free continuing to, to, to make conversation and, and question on the concourse, especially if you're like this guy uh, <laughs> who was buying me a beer at the time. So I was, I was all ears, if you know what I'm saying. And, you know, coming up from the seats again later in the game, empty-handed at this time, and I see him again. Hey, buddy, any more questions? You got any more of them questions you'd like to ask me over in the, the beard line maybe? And I noticed he was all out of questions at that point in time. But enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening. And uh, I guess, you know, from the standpoint of, of Mark Adams and his tenure at Texas Tech, in my opinion, if I'm in leadership's shoes, that being his employer's shoes, um, I'm wanting to give a guy who's had a little bit of success in year number one uh, probably a chance to to try and figure some things out and ride a yeah. ship that has gone astray at least one time, right? Because this is the first time so far mm-hmm. in a very short tenure that it has gone astray. So let's see what they come up with. But, uh, man, there's a whole lot of dollars invested in this program right now on all fronts. And so that comes with kind of a different uh, level or different variety of pressure, I guess I would say. I I, I agree. It, and it's Keontae Johnson that plays for Kansas State. Keontae George for Baylor. Sorry, that was it was really irritating me that I couldn't remember. I got the Keontae's backwards. Sorry about that for, for correction's sake. So Keontae Johnson totally changed Kansas State this year. The end. Um, <laughs> but 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 you're right. I mean, when when there's as many resources being pumped in to a program, the the people that are you know, providing those resources, it's fair for them to expect results. And look, nobody is okay. I, I know that that fans take this hard, and 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 I, I see it up close uh, at, at times uh, for most games when I, when I'm there. Uh, and and it, nobody is okay with the results right now. Nobody is happy. Nobody is sitting idle. And going, hey, you know, at some point we'll catch a break. Nobody's sitting out there making excuses. These guys are all coaching hard. They're digging in. There's just no magic formula, you know. And right now you can't do anything about your your process or your roster or your whatever you want to say just because this is your team and you have limited practice time and you have, you have only so many days and hours to just try to hit it head on. And as soon as one game is done, you're – you're turning around and getting ready for the next one. That's just the way it goes in the Big 12. And with all these freshmen, okay, that, that you're playing, like Lamar and Pop that are playing quite a bit, at some point, you know, they, they if they're not in the midst of it now, they kind of hit a wall mentally because, one, they've shown up on opposing scouting reports. Two, they've had about six weeks or so where they've been in no classes, and now they're sitting there back at school and – and they're having to deal with class and then all the all that that, that comes with that. And then and then three, and this is the most important one, the the, the league is just a it's a it's a wagon, man. I mean it's very good. It, yes. I mean, so <laughs> you you you've got because I, I think last year's team, you had 24-year-old guys, multiple, that just leaned on people and they understood what it took to get themselves ready to play. 
they ate right, they slept right, they did all the things that come with it because they they had an eye on their future. But also, this is my last chance. And you've got a bunch of guys right now that they're still un- trying to understand. I mean, ha- half of this team has no idea what it's like to play in Lawrence, Kansas. Okay, they're, they're going to find out. I mean, Ooh. trust me, I've been there. It's brutal. It's very difficult. Uh, you know, we saw what it was like in Ames, Iowa. Ames, Iowa is one of the toughest places to play, but I, I wouldn't say that uh, your team handled it exactly very well. Um, and, and you know, they, they, they actually handled Austin environment very well, a lot better than I would have maybe thought coming off of the Ames trip. So what, all I'm saying is there's just so much unknown still out there for these young pups that haven't experienced it yet. And if they are all back, they'll be better for it. But that's not the way it necessarily works these days with the sport. It's like guys get, I want to go closer to home. I'm mad at this coach or this offensive scheme doesn't suit me or they've invited me to leave. Uh, there's not a spot for me here anymore. Who knows? You know, that's, <laughs> that's just a funny yeah. sentence. They invited me to leave. Well, you, you, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, th- this is just what happens. I mean, this is, this is what goes on. Sometimes it's just not a fit, you know, uh, we welcome you to get the hell out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, or, or, or it's like, Hey man, we, we, we love you, uh, but you're just not going to play here. If you really want to play and you love it, I mean, it's probably not going to happen here. We will do whatever we can to help you find a spot. We know a variety of people around the country, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, I mean, again, Sadar Calhoun, prime example. I think he ended up going from uh, Texas Tech to Drake, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, last year, just simply because he wasn't playing a lot and he wanted to play. There's nothing wrong with that, uh, but – you know, and, and our needs at one point when we put this team together are different now after a year through it. And so we, we've got to make some change. I mean, you know, so again, and that's why the NCAA basically said transfer wherever you want in conference, out of conference, do it as much as you want. You got a freebie, all that stuff. Go for it. Knock yourself out. Great idea, NCAA. Um, <laughs> as we kind of move away from this, but stay in a similar realm, I want to ask you this question about Kirby Hokut and extensions. But first, today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all that fat. You don't want all them calories. You got to try Built Bar, where healthy is actually tasty. What makes them so good? For starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. Not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better? They're good for you. Only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein and now available at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Get that four bar box. Get that 13 bar box and thank me later after you've tried your first built bar. I want to ask you this question about Kirby Hocutt and extensions because when we think about Mark Adams extension or Joey McGuire's extension or any extension we think about our good buddy Cliff Kingsbury one that didn't go uh all that well I know there are a lot of influences that are involved whenever it comes to an extension actually happening I don't think it's just Kirby Hocutt counting on his toes you know how many millions he has to play with or whatever so with that said um I, I wonder if you've seen I don't, has there been any change with the way that that you might view Kirby Hokut as approaching early in their tenure success and then how you reward that and kind of fend off other programs? Because obviously the the flashiest one 
uh, is remembered because it didn't go well. And that was kind yeah. of a painful experience, I'm sure, for him. Yeah, and and, and I I think that you, you touched on it when there are other influences because it, I, I think people think that this is an athletic director's call in a lot of cases. A lot of times it's it's not. It's, it's a variety of different things. I'm not going to get into the details there, but if anybody thinks that it was solely Kirby Hocutt that said that, hey, here's what we want to do, Cliff. We're going to put your name on this dotted line. Here's all the parameters and all that. No, that, that's that's just not that's just not the case. I mean, if people people I, I find it funny because people still attach Billy Gillespie hire to Kirby Hocutt. Kirby Hocutt, when Billy Gillespie was essentially hired, like wink wink, essentially hired, Kirby Hocutt was still the direct athletic director at University of Miami getting calls from Billy Gillespie. Hey, I was told to kind of call you. And Kirby's like, uh, why? You know, like, I mean, I mean, I, I'm, 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 you know, I, I'm not going to get into the weeds there, but yeah, he had nothing. He had nothing to do with Billy Gillespie's hire. It was already done by, uh, by the folks, you know, that, that were, that were here. Uh, and, and again, I, I would also say that in, in that defense, everybody wanted that at the, at that time, everybody was like, you kidding me? Hire the guy. It's a no-brainer. Uh, and and I didn't disagree with that at the time either. Nobody could have foreseen what a disaster it was. But, you know, with, with Cliff, it's like you start out 7-0, and then you have a five-game losing streak, and then you win your bowl game, which was against a ranked Arizona State team. I think you finished up 8-5. and five. Yep. Um, And I think there was some chatter – at the time, whether it was major or minor, that 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 people can decide that on NFL and and some other college possibilities, whether that was real or not, um, I can't remember the numbers on, on Cliff's original extension. But hey, look, and Kirby understands that he's very well compensated, and it comes with the territory there on you know cr- criticism or uh, you know, and, and rarely do coaches or. Uh, you know, administrators get a lot of praise. It's typically just a lot of criticism. It's it's pointed out on what you screwed up or this or that, but when things are going well, it's like this player is, is so good, but the coach doesn't get any credit or the administrator that hired the coach doesn't get any, it's just kind of how it works. But sure. uh, So, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I've answered your question, but yeah, there's a variety of different, but I mean, like as we sit here right now, I, I I think it was really, really smart business to because Joey McGuire, much like uh, Mark Adams last year, Joey McGuire I, may have been the lowest paid coach in the Big 12. I think that we would all like unanimously, there's two or three thumbs up by everybody that, that's followed the program. Again, six weeks, two months ago, when you're four and five, you're like, you know, but but I never, you know, they were playing hard, they had a variety of injuries, uh, but then they win four in a row, and it's like, and they win a bowl game, and it's like all is right in the world again, and now they're going to be ranked in the top 25, and as far as I can tell, he kept his staff together, as far as I can tell, he absolutely deserves it, and this is business in the in the Big 12 and in Power 5, and that if you don't have a coach with some meat left on their contracts, it's hard to recruit to that at times, and that's why Cliff being in limbo for as long as he was when they weren't going to extend him because they had extended him the first time it's it was now this is before transfers and, and NIL and all that other stuff but it was really difficult to recruit there was more than one player that would walk in there going we'll we'll commit here we'll sign with you but we just want to guarantee that you're going to be here or that this coordinator or that this coach right. or whatever is going to be here and that was difficult to to kind of maneuver through it i think you kind of paid for some of that but Again, that's the business part of college athletics. Um, I don't think, um, you know, from McGuire's standpoint, 
to me, it seems different than, than the Cliff Kingsbury experience for one very specific reason. And I'll entertain the question, you know, fans obviously were like, Oh, well, I remember the last time we got out here in front of a, a coach early on, didn't go so well. I mean, that, I think that's fair. That's fine. Um, but to me, it is a little bit different in that you saw that year progressively get better. You saw his football team get better as right. the season went on, which was a dramatic difference as compared to losing your last five after you start out seven and zero. Oh. For whatever that's worth, that's what stood out to me. If I had to call something uh, a little bit differently than what we experienced the last time around, I don't know. I get all the all the reasons you outline. Um, I, I don't know if I make the same call. If I'm in Kirby Hokut's shoes, I have no idea. It doesn't seem like he's become any more bashful, though, right? Because he's done it now uh, with some early success with a couple of guys. Yeah, I mean, and that's again. There's a lot of people involved in those things, um, yeah. and and I think that because what what the, the flip side is, let's just take Zach Kitley for example. Uh, I I think you know he, he's in the midst of or going to get an extension here in a new contract. I think Tim DeRuiter will as well. The DC, they, uh, you know, the, and we talked about that on on a show. I guess it was on a week or so ago. You know, like if 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 you if you were to not be proactive there, and all of a sudden, because here here's the 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 business part of the uh, of college athletics, and that if you're not proactive at the right time, and again, not that you're going to roll the dice and you're going to you know hit your point every time, but if if you aren't proactive and you get caught it could end up ultimately costing you a lot more in that you lose an individual that you that you really covet and didn't want to lose or you have to pay so much to keep them and 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 then also there there's some good faith you know conversation we can have too about just trying to you know get out in front cuz what we hey look when we when we anytime we work for somebody how much, how nice is it when somebody's like Hey man, I know you didn't ask for a raise, but we're we're gonna we're, we we appreciate you. We we want we want to make you happy. This is you know we and like you'd almost be like shocked uh, at, at times depending on where you worked. Uh, but that that's kind of some of the things. Because I I'll be honest, I don't think Joey was expecting the contract. Uh, I think that he was kind of presented with it. It was like, okay, yeah, let's let's do this. Absolutely, this is awesome. Um, so, but you know, because like for example. I think people have come after Zach Kitley and like, I think he's turned down more money at several places elsewhere to be, to be at Texas tech. And, and I think that that, but again, this is where he wants to be. And he, you know, so it's just interesting. Cause I mean, like the big 10 and the sec, that's where all those big money TV deals, they're going to start to money whip assistant coach type stuff. And those yeah. kinds of salaries, um, and that's why I think, like you, you see Clemson. I bet you'll see Garrett Riley's salary. I bet you'll see it coming in a million and a half to two million dollars to be their coordinator. Which years ago wow. that was a head coaching salary. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It's just amazing to think about, and it's amazing to think about all the things you've got to consider in trying oh, yeah. to get out ahead uh, of whatever. Whenever you have success, these are results of having success. So it's a good thing, I guess, it to have to tackle some of these things. Nailed it. I mean, I would love to have these problems on, I mean, cause imagine the, the, the flip side is like, if, you know, say, say, say Mark had a season like he's having now had it last year and you've like got a brand new coach, you know, with his first year in the tenure, 
and he's got a full contract still and there's no there's you know and then you're like god did we you know did we mess this up but at least like in that situation they went to the sweet 16 man they won 27 games so i know that it's possible uh maybe maybe there were some things that that they you know that they would choose to to change if they could and that they'll get a chance to fix it but it, it's a nice problem to have i guess is my point when you start talking about extensions and and some different things because it's better than the alternative man when you're like how quickly can we let go of this dude uh, or <laughs> yeah we've 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 royally botched it here we mentioned the name joey mcguire and coming up next we'll wrap it up with mentioning a couple of his guys and possibly a new old boy from out on the left coast, because transfer season is still on and popping. Don't fall asleep at the wheel of transfer season. We'll get the radar spinning uh, coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. Always good to be with you on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube if you have not so far. What are you doing? The test drive can't last forever. We got others waiting to hop aboard. Please make a space, sir. Subscribe or get... Well, I won't go that far, but we'd really like for you to subscribe on YouTube so you never miss an episode. Before we're out of here today, Chris, just a couple of things. Uh, to touch on one, I guess I'm pondering the other we'll touch on as it relates to Red Raider football. Let's get the actual business uh, out of the way first. There's starting to be some smoke, I guess, uh, around a potential Oregon transfer who was a linebacker, then an attempted tight end and possibly now a linebacker again. I'm seeing PWO, which I don't think has anything to do with the prisoner of war, but it's the same set of letters, so it confuses me a little bit. Could you break some of this down and tell us about another, I guess, possible addition for Texas Tech? Yeah, uh, Terrell Tillman uh, is originally from Mansfield Legacy, and I think he is somebody that when Joey was at Baylor and when when Matt Wells was still here as the head coach, uh, you know, he was recruited to Tech. He was recruited to Baylor. Uh, but he, anyway, long story short, he ends up at Oregon. And I, I think he's kind of uh, – uh, his measurables would suggest he's kind of an edge rusher slash – and I guess Oregon thought, you know, we, we think you may be a, a tight end for us. I don't think he was necessarily uh, keen on that, but I also think the main thing is he wanted to be closer to home. And so uh, comes back uh, from Oregon, and he is, I believe, on campus, registered in classes, and he is he is here. I think you see the the PWO on there because he is going to walk on initially, okay. And this is similar to what you know. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on this one, but this is similar to what Tyree Wilson did, what Colin Schooler did, you know, because they you know they. they get to where they want to be and, and maybe there's some NIL that kind of uh, alleviates some of the pressure of, of, of having to pay for tuition. I don't know all the details there, but bottom line is they make it work. He doesn't count toward their initial scholarship limit. And, you know, whether it's in six months or a year from now, you know, he'll eventually be on scholarship would be my guess. But uh, what it's going to do from a football standpoint is I think between him and, and the Linton that was uh, added yeah. from Syracuse, 
I think it actually allows – I mean, these are edge pressure type players, uh, and I think it allows them to move Josiah Pierre, you know, further inside on the defensive line. And so it just makes you better and deeper uh, because they, they desperately are trying to gonna figure out how to replace Tyree Wilson. No easy task. Uh, impossible one, uh, if you ask me, in some ways. But it doesn't mean that you can't and don't have to try because he's not going to be here anymore. Uh, so I, I think this is a you know a, a guy. And, and here's the irony here: the irony is he may play his first home game against his old team. That's just what is so weird uh, about this, uh, because there were some other players on that uh, that Oregon roster. Oregon bottom line is Oregon recruits the state of Texas a lot. Uh, and, and I think it's interesting that they're playing in Lubbock. Uh, they agree to a home and home, uh, but there's, a, there's quite a few Texans on their roster. Uh, and, and I think there were some rumors of some other guys on their roster that could potentially, you know, come back closer to home and all that. It hadn't happened yet. Maybe it won't happen. Don't know if it will, but, uh, but this one does. And I think you're better for it and it doesn't cost you anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting uh, to think about a preferred walk-on and also to tie in, I'm wondering if you can. Um, so the Matador Club involvement, you've got the scholarship players, then you had, I think, a number of like 15 walk-ons or something like that. Is that among the like a preferred walk-on category? Could oh, it sure. possibly be covered by that type of thing? Okay. That's, that's at Joey's discretion. I think yeah. there's enough funding there to – and essentially this was just a way to – yeah, this is what, you know, when Nebraska under Tom Osborne was so good back in the day, they had one of the best quote-unquote walk-on programs of anybody in the country, and they would manufacture extra players because their walk-on program became so legendary. There was a strength coach there that be kind of became bigger than life, and they and again, it was became a thing. If you got to walk on at Nebraska, it was a much bigger deal than just other programs. Well, yeah. in, in some ways, this is this allows you to – get more guys in your program that you wouldn't have been able to otherwise, whether it's a deep snapper, whether it's a kicker, whether it's, you know, somebody that wants to get back closer to home. That's a power five guy like uh, uh, Terrell Tillman's case. Um, and it just allows you to do some different things and, and kind of have more versatility with your roster and add to it, if you will, uh, where it's not going to stress a guy out. Like, man, I, I, I love to come there. I want to come there, but I can't, I can't afford school. You know, my parents, we, we don't we don't have it like that. Well, this this allows you to, I, can't, I guess, you know, in some ways uh, remedy some of that. Another mention in this episode, school getting in the way. What a burden. We're talking about the hoops guys having to get back into class. And now we're yeah. talking about these poor football players having school. Didn't come to play school. How many times must we say it? Cardale uh, Jones, baby. That's <laughs> Chris, right. Here's, uh, here's the pondering portion of the finish to this episode. Uh, I'm at United Supermarkets Arena earlier in the week, Washington, Texas Tech, and Baylor. I think it was at halftime or during some break. You get Joey McGuire's Red Raider football team out on the court to toss some shirts, toss some footballs, uh, do their thing. They come out in a line. I notice Tyler Shuck at the front of the line. Eventually, I notice Baron Morton's face being flashed on the Jumbotron. Got a little whoop from the folks behind me. I don't know if it was just a Friona section I was in or what was going <laughs> on exactly. But me just being the guy I am sitting there thinking too much about things that shouldn't be thought about, at least this time of year, I'm wondering about the word cemented. Because I see Tyler Shuck as a guy that when he got healthy, got opportunities, won football games, looked impressive doing it, looked like a player, and looked like a leader. 
And I'm just anticipating as we get a little bit further into this offseason, spring camp and whatnot, is cemented the word that you think we'll use about Tyler Shuck as QB1? Could there really be any other way, or does anybody dare to use the word competition this offseason, you think? Something to marinate on here. Oh, I, I, I will be shocked if you don't hear the word competition a lot. Um, and I think really? that, yeah, I really do. do. Do I think at the end of the day, when all is equal, I, I, I think Tyler's the one that's got to be beaten out. But, I mean, Barron is talented enough to do it. But, you know, and again, Barron wasn't perfect. I think Barron, no. like we're talking about with some of those freshman basketball players, I mean, there, there's a component to – understanding what all comes with that position and it's 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 not you know on that saturday afternoon it's like the monday through friday component it's the offseason right. component it's the well-studied component uh am i durable enough and all that stuff um but but i i'll be shocked if you don't let these kids because i think if anything it makes the other one better you know make make them earn it you know and push them sure. really really hard can in i doing that let me ask this. Let me ask you this part as well, because now you're making me think about. So to 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 really like use the term competition or talk it up quite a bit this off season would be interesting. But I'm wondering. I mean, do you do that now also for QB two, a younger guy, to keep him engaged in the program? I mean, is that like a little fishing just for like, hey, you know, we're still giving you chances? I mean, I'm not saying it's fake or anything, but I, I just wonder if there's some component there now also where a coach is going to maybe play up off-season opportunity more so just to keep a guy engaged well, with the program when they've got I, options. I wouldn't rule that out. I think that, that there's probably something to that. But in, in this case, and, and like really, let's just talk about every school in the Big 12's case. You, you, you're trying to tell me right now, can anybody with a straight face tell me you're not going to need more than one quarterback next season? That's just not – that's not reality. I mean, and it's been proven over and over again in, in any Tech fan <laughs> – I mean, God bless you, you. You know it more than any other program over the last decade plus, and so that that that's as, as much uh, you know. Yeah, but do do you try to keep them both engaged and feeling hopeful that they're going to have chances to play and all that stuff? But the, the harsh reality is, more than one is going to be needed to get through the entire season. I mean, if if you win the quarterback lottery and you pick a starter and they play all thirteen games and play them well and stay healthy. You, you need to go to Vegas because this is just not the reality of college football these days. And we've seen it repeatedly. So that there's some of that. Um, I, I, I will say too, that I think there's some of that in the middle of the seasons too, when you create packages or you, you maybe play more than one guy more than you normally would have in traditional sense, just to keep them engaged or sharp or whatever uh, because of transfer, because of, injury because all, all this stuff but I mean if you keep um if, if you keep Baron here and you keep you know Tyler here and that's what you go into the season with I mean I I don't know people aren't going to suggest that that quarterback room is better than Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning even though one had a very mediocre season and the other one hadn't played a snap uh we, we know about pedigree and all these different things but You'd be hard pressed to find a better quarterback room in the country than those two kids. Uh, if if you if you have them both, uh, not to say that there isn't, or you know, I'm talking about the here and the now. Yeah, uh, that you you would have you know about as good of a situation there as anybody in the country. 
Yeah, that's right. And it's mid-January, and I'm thinking about the 2023 <laughs> quarterback competition. I'm guilty. I'm sick in the head. I'm locked on Texas Tech. That's what it says right here on the screen. What do you want me to do about it? I feel like I'm that meme, Chris, where you're laying in bed at night and the woman's sitting there <laughs> thinking to herself, he's probably thinking about other women and the guys over there <laughs> thinking, I wonder if there's a 3QB package for Zach Kidley in 2023 or something like that. I'm sorry. But I am already considering these things. And I kind of feel like, I don't want to say it's disrespect to Tyler Shuck, but the dude balled out when he got healthy and, and got chances to finish the season. And uh, I, I'm just curious, like, how we approach this this offseason. I think the way we approach this this offseason, and by we, I mean the ones that matter, those guys involved, Joey McGuire and his staff, is very tactfully. <laughs> whatever, what, whatever that means to you, I think you want to do it very tactfully, right? Because uh, – You've got some great opportunity with these guys, and you want to try and uh, make the best of it, which I know is which is every coach's challenge, I guess. With what I know from Joey, he will be very PC uh, and transparent about it publicly. Yeah. And with what I know from Zach and about Zach is he's going to be very honest with these players, whether they like it or not. And and then you just kind of let the chips fall where they may, because um, I think that. Um, that's just the way both guys are wired, and that's why I think people play hard for them and and all those things. But it, it's a uh, yeah, I mean, it, and I don't I don't think you have, you're dealing with any sort of tricky situation right now at this very minute or anything. But yeah, yeah I could see just just kind of how it goes. Uh, you just don't want to be you don't want to be in a situation like Oklahoma was last year when it's basically Dylan Gabriel and then it just falls off the map, and you basically say. Hey, Taj Brooks. Hey, Cameron Valdez. We're just going to run Wildcat the entire game against our rival uh, because we don't have, we don't, this gives us a better chance than any sort of backup quarterback does, like they did against Texas last year in, in Dallas. And they got boat race 49 to nothing. I mean, who, whoever would have thought Oklahoma would, after all the Heisman candidates, it's like you get one guy dinged up and it's like, you know what? Screw it, dude. Just give it to the running back every time. Let him just kind of, figure it out i mean that 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 was what they felt was best and so you just don't want to be in in a situation like that so and hopefully you won't be just something to think about as we are uh, a ways off and viewing it on the distant horizon see tyler shuckley the team out on the floor and i'm thinking yeah big man on campus right now that's the dude that's his team then i see morton and i think oh yeah that that dude looked pretty sharp too i remember that guy (laughs) also yes he did so it's gonna be really interesting to see how the dust settles uh chris great insights today man appreciate the time and perspectives as always enjoyed it yes sir hope it is alive man we'll talk to you tomorrow that's right hope to see you back here for another round on locked on texas tech always great to be your first listen each day on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts and we hope you'll make locked on college basketball your second listen your one-stop shop for all things college hoops right here on the locked on podcast network That's Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you for the next one on Locked On Texas Tech.